This episode is brought to you by Bloat Games. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. If you're looking for games that combine the classic RPG feel with the light, concise rule set of today's indie games in a variety of genres, you gotta check out Bloat Games. Their survived this rules take a cue from the old school games of yore and combine them with a stripped down but easy to understand mechanic that plays fast and fun, giving you an exciting, thrilling game session every time. Whether it's fighting off zombies, swinging a great axe and slinging spells in dark, dangerous creature-filled forests, riding your 10-speed bike through monster-infested suburbs, or keeping the city streets safe from super-powered menaces, the survive this system is the one that'll keep your players coming back to the table. Check out these great RPGs, in addition to card games and other fantastic things they offer, at blokegames.squarespace.com or at drivethroughrpg.com. Bloke Games. The worlds are fiction, but the fun is real. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard. The OSR podcast about stuff with your host Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya folks, old man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. Okay, this is going starting off a little weird, but hopefully we'll end up in a good place. Recently watched a YouTube video from the Dungeon Coach where he showed excerpts from a discussion that Matthew Mercer had with a couple of people, one of which was Brendan Lee Milligan, who went on on a kind of a rant about you shouldn't have a railroad, you shouldn't have a sandbox, but he called it a water. Well, Dungeon Coach called it a water slide. Well, I think because he said players are water. So what you're doing is going ahead of them and trying to direct them or make a path and they'll go. They may go, they may not go. Okay, good analogy. Really good analogy. Uh, because as you know, I detest railroads, but I always feel that the players do need some direction from time to time, especially at the beginning. Which leads me to published modules. Let's not talk about your own stuff right now. Let's talk about published modules. Published modules tend to, well, this is what I wrote, and this is what we played through, so it must be good type of thing. In other words, it has a setting, it has a plot, it has this, and to run it, you have to kind of massage it into your own your own way of doing things. So if you're going to use a sandbox or water slide type thing, what you got to do is come up with stuff. Now you have your GM's bag of tricks. Yes, your toolbox. But look at the module. Look at where it is, where you place it. Because there's modules say, well, plus this, <laughs> place this in your world somewhere, usually suggesting where you can put it or something. And what you should do is then look around and see, okay, what else can I add? Other, like, side side quests, there are other plot hooks, things like that. And I say this not only because it might be more interesting, but the players might go there. Players, you never know what they're going to do. Never know what the characters are going to do. Got to appeal to them. And, you know, and you usually should get to know your players. I mean, talking about just starting, okay. But I know my group. I know what will make them tick. 
And, you know, they always say, know the know what the characters are about and stuff like this. I would rather know what the group is about because I can tell how the group is. I can, you know, roughly tell how the group's going to react to stuff. Okay? So I can pretty much kind of roughly guess what they're going to go for. And so if you're doing a sandbox or a water slide or whatever you want to call it, and you look at the module and say, okay, they love this for the most part. And then you should go, okay, what else can I do with it? What can I do with this area? Because I've run into several modules lately that are like, okay, this is a module, but it's also a source book for this one area, which to me is great. When they do that, you can you can hang on to this and just, you know, you it turns into the land of a thousand plot hooks, which is which is good. That's what I want. So whenever you approach a module like that, start thinking, what else can I do with it? What other stuff can I add in there? Maybe some different, some some more NPCs, maybe uh, an area off off the the map here that they can get involved in, or or some farmer over here that they've sort of roughly roughly fleshed out, flesh them out even more. It's even better that way. So I think you get where I'm going with this. Put more stuff in there. And you'll be happy. Well, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognardgmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail and anchor. We're monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program. And I would thank you. If you want to do a single donation, go to my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard, or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. I like to thank these people who do give to me monthly. Jonathan Oliver Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, John Allen, Aaron, Michael, Randy, and Joe. Thank you very much, guys. For other good podcasts, there is Dan Gregg's Jung, the Jung Grognard podcast, Y-U-N-G, Jung Grognard, Kevin the Red Caps podcast, Daniel Norton at the Bandit's Key podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest podcast, Big John Allen Larges, the Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So... Until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.